motorcycles and misfits <laughs> coming to you from the recycle garage in sunny santa cruz California. <laughs> yeah everyone's in a bit of a mood because it is extremely hot here and uh yes as much as we brag about our great weather um, our weather is great so often that we don't have any cooling devices. We don't have air conditioners or fans in our homes. We don't need them. So when it gets hot, it is brutal. But I've, I've made some changes here in the studio. Jim, how are we doing in here? Much better now, thank you. Yes, great. I like the ventilation. There's a lot of ventilation <laughs> Yes, the ventilation is good. I know. I appreciate that. Cool. Um, hey, everyone. This is Liza. And uh, I had another great day could be my last day in the garage who knows if i will return don't, i hear there's some rain say that. <laughs> i hear it's a little wet you yeah. just never know yeah a little wet well if you decide not to come back the garage is in good hands but let's get to who is here with me running the board it's a stump of john i am so proud of myself are you i am king of the world <laughs> King of the heap, top dog, he, top banana. He took a carburetor off and got it board. back on. I did. I shoved, I shoved <laughs> a round peg in a square hole. Um, and looking quite, um, making herself at home and quite comfortable in her leather pants. It's Miss on a hot Emma. Day. Yikes. Aloha, darling. As I say, let it all hang out. Yes, Emma. clearly. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I love it. I'm, oh, purple. <laughs> look, I've got my, I've got my purple knickknacks on. It's got that, that Datsun color from '64. Yeah. When we saw earlier today. Well, these are, these are from 1964. <laughs> 64. Oh, I want Datsun underwear with little dogs. I'll get you some, darling. With little yes. dogs. <laughs> Ooh. Um. And of course, that's the sultry tones of Naked Jim. Hey, what's happening? Good to be here. Hey, Jim. Hey, hey. Um, and you have a report coming up that I'm excited to hear. Yes, we have many reports. Oh, yes, exactly. We have many reports to report. But of course, we have to get to everyone's favorite um, part-time scooterist and part-time motorcyclist. It's Bagel. <laughs> Scooter die. <laughs> <laughs> Except you have, you have a motorcycle now. I, I do. It's it's not not rideable yet. There there's paperwork involved. Yeah, but well, no, no. it's it's surmountable. <laughs> and yeah, I would you. like to point out that you have flirted with motorbikes before, right? Yes, you have flirted with PC eight hundreds before. This is true. I, I did. I did test ride one. Yes, and. I, I just, I just couldn't quite. Oh, yeah, I the, couldn't quite the, do it. The Buell blast, the blast. Well, well, yeah, I did, you know, work on that for a friend of mine. Yeah, but um, looking at that bike, so that's a late, late seventies or early eighties CT seventy eighty two eighty. Yeah, so early eighties. Have you guys been following the Dax? I heard that they've uh, they've announced it. Well, I couldn't um, find an announcement here in the States. I found an announcement in Europe, I think. And what's Europe have to say about it? So if you guys don't know, the DAX is basically, it's the next thing in line for Honda. They had the, the Grom and then the, the let's see. The, the monkey. The monkey the and monkey. the cub and the. The cheeky monkey. The hunter cub. The hunter cub. <laughs> and so now they're coming up with the DAX. The same 125cc yep. motor, but yep. on a new and improved ct70 which really to me is an st90 it, the bigger motor it, it's a little bit bigger bike it's really an st90 but no one knows what that is well, well no it S- all depends on what wheels they put on it though yeah right? an yeah. st90 had uh 14 inch wheels well what's yeah. oh maybe okay That's so 10 inch 
Okay. So I've been saying, and and I'm going to say it again, when the DAX comes to the States, I am buying one. Oh, really? Bottom line. I'm like, yes, count me in. I will take one. For my Trail 70 that that my grandma sold off when I was 22 because yeah, she oof. thought I was too old for it. Mm-hmm. Stop that, Emma. You're looking for the prize in that cracker. Stop drink. that, Emma. Ow. And for the Trail 70 that got stolen from the tent by some crackheads. That's that right. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I will show them up. I will get my. I will get it back again, the Dax. I will relive my youth. Emma, you can just Do hit it. that mute button, you know. Um, we... We did stuff in the garage today. Do tell. Yeah. So, uh, Jim, did you take a look at the my 990 SMT? I was wondering who got a new bike. <laughs> I know, right? All right. Yes. I know. New graphics. Can't kit. afford a new bike. New graphics. It's amazing what it does. Make it so, number one. You know one. what? I don't know why it took me so long. Um, I did the graphics kit on the, the 690. Um, and, and, that Endura, and I loved it. And the SMT is just a white and black bike, which, you know, yeah. I mean, it looks, it was fine. I just always love the bike so much. But then I was looking at it one day and I went, Plain Jane. It needs more. So I looked up graphics kit and I found this great company called MotoProWorks.com. That's a mouthful. They're somewhere yeah. over in Europe. I don't know, because hmm. everything's priced in euros. Um, and they got kits for a lot of bikes, dude. I was showing John some for the DRZ. Hmm. They've got like 20 or 30 different graphics kits for the DRZ alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there as a reminder to people that if you want to like spice up <clears throat> your bike, you don't have to paint it. It was like 50 bucks, 60 bucks, something like no, that? No, it was like 300 Ooh. Oh, painful. Wow. But these are you know, go, you didn't go bangle, really good bangle? quality. No, but yeah, and I was I was looking at it. It's very very thick, nice quality yeah. vinyl, yeah. very glossy. Looks sharp, and it looks like it fits. Yeah, so MotoProWorks.com. If you want to spice up your bike, check it out. See if they have something for you. Cha-ching. Um, bagel. Yeah, bagel has a little show and tell for us. Mm, Is it in I your do. trousers, bagel? Do tell. No, it's not. It could be, <clears throat> but it, but it does involve tools. Ah, you know I see what you did there. You know what? <laughs> just that just reminded me. That's a game we could start playing here. When Enzo, Genitalia or tra- when, or tool Enzo <laughs> <laughs> when Enzo was little, did I tell you about this, Jim? No. When he was like. Two years old, we used to play a game called What's in Enzo's Underpants. Oh, God. Uh, I was going to warn you already. He'd go into his bedroom and pick out a toy and shove it in his underpants and come out. We had to guess what it was. Oh, my God. You know, child protective. Well, we could do that game with Bagel. He could stick a tool oh, no. in his underpants, oh. and we have to guess what it is. What's that number? No, nine one one. No. <laughs> nine one something. I'm Come not bagel. saying nothing. Stick it in the underpants. I, Let's I, see. I, okay. I I do not consent to this now. <laughs> just Bagel. I just yes. want you to remember: if you go to the nightclub and you stick a banana down your pants, it goes in the front. Don't <laughs> stick it in the back, <laughs> like you did last time. Solid advice thank right. you so let's resume with what's in uh bagel's so, underpants <laughs> so what is not in my underpants are <laughs> oh uh, this is a set of jis screwdrivers Ooh, that's from like vessel tools you got like seven of them from who this is this is from vessel tools v-e-s-s-e-l yeah that's As what makes you know the ones i have on the door yeah. Oh, yeah and they're good 
Yeah. Well, yeah, these are top quality. They're GIS, uh, not Phillips. So, um, these are by far the best thing you can buy for your bike. How much did that set run you, though, Bagel? They're not cheap. Um, this set, I think, was somewhere uh, around... I'd have to look it up, but I think it was like maybe 80, 90 bucks. And you know like what? That. that ain't bad. Because if you yeah. go mm-hmm. down to Sears, well, there isn't Sears anymore. When you <laughs> got like seven yeah. screwdrivers in there. Yeah, but well, if you yeah, go down eight, and buy a Craftsman screwdriver, it's going to cost you 15 bucks. And how many screwdrivers you got there? Well, there's eight, eight. in here. Ah. So it's like, you know, 10, 10 bucks and a little bit more per, yeah. per tool. Bargain. Not bad. <clears throat> and let me let me tell you what's in here. And this this by the way is I think the uh the Japanese motorcycle set, I think it's called. Mm. And uh it has uh two large um uh two large screwdrivers, one impact screwdriver, mm. a um uh, a a JIS flathead screwdriver, what? which I'm very curious about. Um then the smaller uh set includes um a two two flatheads of uh, smaller size than a uh, medium cross uh crosshead and a small crosshead so that's your number so, one your number two your number three number three with impact and then mm-hmm. a handful of flatheads that's a great yep. buy yeah yeah and, and i like the like blue nice i like the blue yeah <clears throat> Yeah, it seemed like it was a nice set, so it I decided to go your for teeth. it. If you get JIS screwdrivers, <laughs> should they be made in Japan? Well, I feel so. So, <laughs> I, want, but, I, want to, I wanted to try something out real quick. Hold on. Well, actually, before before yeah. you finish, though, I've got yes. some more though. No, we're That's not. We're not, not done. We're not done. Hold okay. on. Okay, Google. What does JIS stand for? This could go a lot of different ways. Here is information from acronyms and abbreviations. <clears throat> the free dictionary. Uh huh. What? That's it? Oh, okay. It says, Justin Sequence, Japanese Institute of Standards, Journal of Infrastructure Systems, Japanese International System. Oh, no, it'd be Japanese Institute of Standards. So it's in there. Yeah. All right. Institute of Standards. There you go. Hey, Google, what does J-I-Z stand for? (laughs) (laughs) No. I'm going to turn my phone off. Mm. Alexa, don't All search right. for that. <laughs> All right, what else you got, baby? All right. So, then while I was at it, I looked at what else they had, and there is a um, a, a bit driver that mm. comes with a set of JIS bits. Oh, nice! And uh, with convenient storage <laughs> in the handle. And I also got two extra bit sets as well for JIS with some extra long attachments mm. that I figured might be good. Because I know you like the length bagel, don't you? Well, sometimes you need it to get in there to, mm-hmm. to diddle the carb, sometimes you know? Sometimes length matters. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, so it's just all different sizes, lengths. So I figured that way I'm covered for pretty much any need. And um, yeah, so and I... With I, a I garage said, full of Italian bikes. Now, come exactly. on now. <laughs> with, with some of which have Japanese carburetors. I so, the you know. Hey, Bagel, yeah. I'm just curious on the, all those tools. Uh, do you find that the girth gets larger with the length? Uh, typically it does. Not always. Sometimes you can have some very girthy tools that are pretty short. Um, but <laughs> you can also that's have the Irish some, curse. Though. You can have some real thin tools that are long too. You know, it but all would depends. You say they, that's a Scottish curse. But would you say they all get the job done? Yeah. Well, they're all they're all they all have a job to do. <laughs> so they, next they, week, they the right job done. Next week on Porno with Bagel. <laughs> 
<laughs> softcore bagel. And that was softcore what's in bagel. bagels underpants. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I cannot believe you used to play that game with your child. <laughs> really? I mean, honestly, a two-year-old. So I'll, t- I'll tell you what broke the game. <laughs> yeah, he's had a lesson. I'll tell you what broke the game. Is he once, he, he came out with a... Um, you know, from Toy Story, a Woody doll. <laughs> I'm leaving the room. He goes, I got a Woody. I am leaving the room. I will return after this story and we is were over. Playing with his teenage sisters, and it oh, just broke. No. I mean, everybody. Oh, no, <laughs> that's awesome. And that was the end of that. That was the end oh, of my that. God. <laughs> There was one time he came out with Elmo with the arms and legs sticking out of his underpants. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of fun making kids' games. <laughs> oh <boy>. Poor child. <laughs> yeah. Okay, on right. with the... <laughs> um, all right, so tonight is just a potpourri of different oh. things. Um, of course, I'm heading off to Pakistan, right? So what's, oh, I've seen the weather. Right. The weather looks difficult there. What's going on? Yes, <laughs> There's well, flooding. They've had a little bit of rain. Flooding, <laughs> flooding in the Hunza Valley. There is not flooding in the Hunza Valley. Well, I didn't know. Um, I'll be honest, though. It is kind of very tragic. A third of Pakistan is underwater. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. I think like 49 million people have been displaced. It's, it's a huge tragedy. Where mm-hmm. I am yeah. going is not affected. Well, it may so, be affected <clears throat> in that... Are some of those displaced people going to be where you are going? Not yet. Not really. So the weather's going to look like it's going to be quite nice in Lahore. Um, And so there's this quite tragic thing, and we're going there, and it's not going to affect our trip, but it's hard not to be aware of it and want to help because we're doing these other things and and donating things and doing stuff. So I'm not going to – right now I'm not talking about what I'm going to do about the flooding, but I am very aware of it when I'm there. I'm going to – look for an opportunity and i've had some of the other women on the trip said hey i want to raise money and donate to help them i'm like that's great but i don't know who or where yet it's kind of like you're trying to give to the red cross for pakistan i'm not sure they're trying to figure it out we'll do it while we're there but i do want to tell you some things that are happening there one of which is in the name motorcycles and misfits yeah Um, so this is something I just was throwing together this weekend with Haley and Moyne. Um, there's some women riders who participated in the Women Riders World Relay <clears throat> that heard that Haley and I are coming over there and they would like to come meet us. And if you recall, there's very few women riders in this country at all. These are Pakistani women? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Zenith Irfan, who is the first woman to ride and, and, and make a career out of speaking because she rode her motorcycle through the north, she's going to come meet us again. <clears throat> oh, then wow. these other young women who are learning to ride are going to come meet us. And I said, Moin, we need to do something other than just have them come meet us for lunch or dinner. Like, let's do something. So we're going to be at SA Gardens, his racetrack that John, you visited. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I said, let's invite all these women out to meet us at the track 
And what I thought would be fun is to set up a challenge course like we do with the mini bike. And like kind of like Jocelyn stuff. I like we need tennis balls. We need to make a coffee grinder. We need cones. We need some two by fours. Make it teeter totter. And he's like, yeah, that sounds great. So we're going to meet with these women and, and kind of give them some training and set up a fun challenge course. Right. That I think is better than because mine's like. Yeah, let's take them on the track. Let's do barrel racing. Like at vintage days. I'm like, no. That would be but you know what they could use is learning how to dodge and weave and balance and focus and, yeah, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So <clears throat> I'm really proud, again, on having an impact on women riders mm-hmm. in this country where it's in its infancy. And just going back to what you said about in case anyone wants to donate to Pakistan and doesn't, doesn't know where to send the money. Generally, International Red Cross or UNICEF is always a good place to start. Right. Um, I mean, they have they've lost. I think nine hundred million million right. head. Uh, 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 what do you call it? Animals. Uh, ag- yeah. Animals. Right. You'll probably and farms and like it's it's going to have a huge impact, like a huge yeah. impact. I can see your trip having to be quite adaptable and evolve as right. situations I, change because as, it's going to be a nation in crisis. Right, and that's so the thing. I, I think the. Yeah, cool opportunities will arise, but it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, no plan survives the first whatever contact. Absolutely. I think it'll be an awesome trip, I think, but but they're dealing with a lot of heavy stuff. Yeah. So the other thing that um, <clears throat> that in the name of Motorcycles and Misfits and actually WRN, Women Riders Now, we have both purchased motorcycles that we are gifting to these women who... Uh, oh, live in great. a hostel. These young women who awesome. come down from the mountain from their villages and live in this hostel so they can get an education. So Motorcycles and Misfits and WRN bought two bikes, brand new bikes that we are having delivered up into Hunza. And <clears throat> we're going to spend some time and teach a bunch of these girls awesome. how to ride. And awesome. Did you so buy, that's pretty buy cool. the Hondas or which, mm-hmm. which one? Yeah. So here's the best part. So we're buying... Uh, the CD70, which is a basic 70cc Ca- bike, same engine deposit. as he's got right there. Ah, yep. You want to take a guess how much a brand new bike costs? 500 bucks. 525. Yep. Wow. 525. So, That's are they able to post anything online, women in Pakistan? Like, is there a way? Because I would be curious to kind of follow what happens. But I'm not sure if that's a really you know um, online kind of country. other than individuals like um, Gulif Shan Tariq, mm, who was yeah. our ambassador, but she yeah. moved to the UK. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so, but she's the one who's connecting us with a lot of the women. Yeah. No, not really, and that's any okay. of the other cool organizations. Anyway. Facebook, yeah. Facebook seems to be one thing that they because yeah. there's, there's a couple groups <clears throat> I'm part of from okay. Pakistan. But, I was just curious, but yeah. hey, I just wanted to let you know all of our patrons, patron subscribe subscribers know this is something I'm spending. Patreon money on is buying a bike. Well done. <laughs> Very cool. Congratulations. Um, but I'm not the only one who bought a bike recently. Jim, you got a new bike. I did. So I want the ride report because you needed to upgrade your your FZ1. It's kind mm-hmm. of uh, getting long in the tooth. This is a comfortable, sporty bike with luggage. That you can commute on. It was kind of your working man's bike. <clears throat> yeah, jack of all trades. But you wanted something to replace it and mm-hmm. that could do a little more and could do heavy miles. You were going back and forth on a lot of bikes. Yes, I was. Yeah. What were some of the contenders? 
Well, it all started when we were at the uh, motorcycle show down in Vegas, and we mm-hmm. went to the Suzuki booth, and I saw the, excuse me, the 2022 GSXS 1000 GT. Right. And uh, you know, and I was never a Jixabro kind of guy, I don't think. And plus, yeah. typically those don't set up. You know, the GSXR doesn't set up for me ergonomically, <clears throat> but you know, fabled engine and all that. And then we just were attracted to it because why not? And checked it out, and I sat on it, and I'm like, surprisingly comfortable. You know, very ergonomic. You know, comfortable seating position. The stock seat was really nice. It seemed a little gadgety, you know, kind of a lot of bells and whistles to it. Um, we chatted all about it, and I, and I thought it was great. And then, uh, you know, it goes, you know, time goes by, and you start getting interested in other bikes. So I was looking, I think it was the Honda CB, is it the R1000S? It's a it's a standard upright uh, mm-hmm. Honda, whatever it is. I think it's CB1100, maybe, whatever. Yeah. Because um, I'm like, ooh, a little more nimble, heard good things about it. I get another inline four. I knew I wanted that. Um but it kind of came back, read more reviews again. Was it Zach Cordes? Is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. Um, did a commuter review on it. And that's mm-hmm. what sold me. He did a review on it. He dug it. He talked about a lot of the features and, and how it how it rode. <clears throat> and uh, yeah. And then so we ended up buying the, the Suzuki GSX, GSX-S 1000 GT. And it came with hard luggage, right? Because it's GT yes. Plus. Plus. The you plus the is plus. for the hard luggage. Yes. yes. So what were the... First things that you said, I need to change or improve or fix. Yeah, well, I mean, right out the gate, I just want to take advantage of new technology. You know, the FC1 still mechanically is a ripping bike and um, love riding it. Very nimble, all that stuff. But ABS is a big deal, you know, commuting every day on Highway 17. You know, you can come around a corner and traffic stopped, you know, and when you're doing 70, you know, braking is not a great option. So I've heard so many great things about ABS. I'm like, oh, that would probably be a nice feature to have. So that was that was the big driving factor, because you think about all the things we can do to invest in ourselves to keep us safe. It's like riding lessons, gear, whatever else, which is all true. Right. Um, But at some point, I'm like, you know, the motorcycle is a big one, too. And so I went ahead and bought a brand new motorbike. Uh, You know, it retailed the retailed for 13 nine out the door it's like 16 you know the biggest after thing is just california taxes right that's a big whammy but anyway it is what it is so yeah so uh i got the first oil change out of the way um i've been able to feel the the engine break in which is pretty cool Mm. i mean you know i I think they come a little tight from the factory but you know it's the fabled i guess um k5 motor Mm -hmm. you know the gcx the jixer whatever k5 and which what, 2008 to 13 or something? 8 to 13. 8 to 13. It's, God, it's an absolutely blinding motor. The <laughs> it, K5 is the one. To, it is just, it's the motor. Yeah, it's beastie. <clears throat> um, you know, one of the big changes between that and the other, the FZ at least, is the low range, low and mid-range power. You know, as soon as you just start getting up, you know, four or 5,000, it redlines around 12. But four or 5,000 RPM, you can feel it start to pull and growl. It's, it starts digging in, doesn't it? Yeah. And you can really feel it. You know, and Emma can tell it, tell you more about our ride today. Because uh, today was really one of the days we really put the bikes through their paces. Um, as far as the riding, we do. You know, we were oh, up and down the PCH. you guys went for a ride? I didn't, I didn't see you an invite. No, you weren't Did invited, I? Liza. Uh, oh. Because you don't have a oh. Suzuki. <laughs> we had four. We were full. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Suzuki squad. Yes. Yes. It was a Suzuki squad, but, it, but yeah, we really put the bikes to their paces and, uh, yeah, plenty of low end torque, which around here is great because instead of doing the mountains in first and second gear, I'm doing most of the twisties in the mountains in third gear. So everything's much smoother because you have this grunty low end power. Um, I, I think when I get the stock tires off, it'll handle a little bit more nimbly. 
You know who was doing the mountains in third gear until they weren't? <laughs> Probably a lot of people. Knock. Knock, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, he blew up his bike. Right yeah. report for knock. <laughs> Blown engine. Blown engine. Yeah, yeah, I got the call. Hey, uh, what are you doing Friday night? What do you need? Where'd you break down? Yep, the rescue. Well, yeah. I'm up on the mountains. <clears throat> All right. At least yeah. he had service. I know. Um, so, um, but when you got it, there were some things you wanted to change. Like, you, you want a taller windshield? Well, I thought about that. Um, the bike still stock. I think they'll leave it that mm-hmm. way. Okay. You know, out of the box, it's pretty darn good. You know, I mentioned it has a lot of, had a lot of the bells and whistles mm-hmm. that I was kind of concerned about. But then you think about most of this technology, I think, has been around for a while. ABS, yeah. cruise control, quick shifters. Um, I'll say pleasantly surprised with the quick shifter. So tell me oh. more about that. You know, so I never, I've never thought I needed one. So tell me. Oh, you God. They're you, wonderful. You don't need one, but they're wonderful to have. Um, you know, we're, we're, the obvious spots are like pulling away from a light. So a lot of my commute, I filter up to traffic lights. Say yeah. Lawrence Expressway, which is a f- eight lane, you know, kind of highway, but a lot of it's straight. And um, pulling away from the light. Um, and when you start hitting the quick shifter. So Emma, I talked to her about how to use it properly. And basically, you just pin the throttle. Keep it consistent and then just bip, bip, bip through the gears. Don't play with the shifter. You don't touch the clutch. You, you use so, the clutch to pull away, but you just hold the throttle wide and so you just row up through the gears. Sounds like if I had my Africa Twin in manual, not DCT, mm-hmm. and I was using the thumb shift, the mm-hmm. paddle shift. Yeah, dun, dun, it's a paddle dun. shifter. So it's just a doing the same thing, yeah. right? And what a, what a quick shifter. It does a lot of things. Um in Jim's case, it doesn't have a, any kind of clutch intrusion. It's got a slipper clutch in it. So the slipper mm-hmm. clutch is doing its thing. But what it basically does, when you move the gear shift, when it senses that microscopic movement of the gear shift, it cuts power to the engine. There's a servo which actually moves it into the next gear and it blips the throttle in a fraction of a second. And it is the smoothest gear change ever. You can't feel it. But so you're using a just, paddle or your foot? No, right? your, your foot. foot. You're rowing up and down with your foot. No clutch, no throttle. Just hold the throttle wide. Hold it wide and, and yeah, and off you go. Oh. And I tell you where it really came in today, where the bike's starting to come into its own, was coming down the PCH. We rode south from wherever the heck you know pescadero right uh, 84 but we were we were you know we were hauling the mail and leapfrogging down the road a bit but i tell you when you, you know, when you, you start spooling up to, to do a big pass you know because we were passing five six seven cars at a time um you spool it up like in third gear and then when i would see emma would pull out and i would pull out behind her it was all safe i think relatively safe yeah well, it was safe but i'll tell you what <laughs> you crack open the throttle and you start hitting that um quick shifter four five six and you're just lying it's great but it's smooth very smooth very easy and you know that's always been the hallmark of big suzuki's going back 30 years going back you know really well 45 years to the js thous big suzuki's have always had lots of torque they've always been super smooth they just sound so yeah. friggin awesome yeah you yeah. can hear that thing I heard that thing growling behind me. Oh, good. Yeah, because it steps through some different frequencies and tones. It's it's pretty. It's, um, it's so, cool. Emma, you have trouble keeping up with them on Rufus? Uh, no. No. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> I, I think we actually ride quite, uh, for spirited riding, I thought we rode quite well as a group. Henry yeah, included. No, I, and I, I, Henry had a hard time keeping up. Henry, Henry was struggling <laughs> he was on the Stelvio a little bit. He um, was I'm charging. Sorry, that's not a Suzuki. Yes. 
Well, we found Henry. We found oh. him. We did at Alice's. So we were up at Alice's, and I went inside. I, I didn't go into Alice's. I went into the, to the store, yeah. and I was after an It's It ice cream mm. in mint flavor. And you found it. Which I found, and a cup of coffee, and the toilet. <laughs> and I was pointed to the porter potty in the parking lot. And the girl, and she was nice about it. She said, they were lovely. oh, we've got a porter potty <laughs> uh, the other side. You have no idea what horrors were waiting for you in that porta pot. Anyway, I'll come oh, to that. Oh, no, or not. Yeah. So I walk out of the store holding my It's It, which has already begun the melting cycle. You see, for those who live outside America, in fact, for those who live outside an It's It is a San Francisco yeah. really tradition. Yeah. And what it is, an It's It is an oatmeal cookie, no raisins. Two. Two. An oatmeal cookie with this big slab of ice cream and then another oatmeal cookie stuck on top of it, dipped in chocolate, and then you can get them in various flavors. And the original was vanilla. And then you can get coffee and mint strawberry. Chip. But mint chip is the... F ah. And they're this lime green color. I mean, it's fluorescent. Yeah. You can turn the lights <laughs> off and you can navigate your way yeah. with it. So anyway, so it had already begun the melting cycle, but I was holding on to the, to the oatmeal. So... You know, it was dribbling down my hand, but I still had some substantial. And I hear, Emma! And I, this blue Power Ranger started walking towards me, and I ah. know that profile. <clears throat> of course, it's Henry. Mm -hmm. And he... he uh, Henry has quite the commute. Yes. Just oh, yeah. even to visit Henry us. Henry rides. He is a yeah. hardcore rider. He's so a hardcore rider. Henry lives in Haywood, which is very much in the East Bay. Make hay. And... Um, Probably it's what? 40, 50 miles? Easily uh, to get to Santa Cruz. It's, it's a hardcore it's freeway hour. ride. Yeah. Well, Emma, thank you for the It's It Ride Report. Jim. <laughs> no, sorry. No, <laughs> well, I, we also. <laughs> no, I was going to tell you about the porta potty. I haven't come oh, to the no, basement oh, yet. No, no, Should no, we no. just play another another round of what's in Bagel's underpants instead? Uh, might be better than that. But we also ran show. into Rose from Dames Don't Care up there. Yes. Yeah. Her and oh, Ian cool. were up there, which was kind of cool to Both see. Both on matching BMWs. Yes, the, the pirate versions. It was yeah. nice to see them, so shout out to Dames. So, Jim, yes. the, the yes. new bikes, you've had yes. some time, you've been putting some miles on it. Yes. Are, are you in love? Is I, it the right bike? Today, I, I it, yes, I, it, it's great. I love it. Love everything about it. I, today, I noticed it has little airfoils on the front, like a GP bike. And I was like, oh, look at that. I was cleaning it. No, it's a great bike. I tell you, that the low-end torque is is just, it's it, it's something. You know, when you get that low-end power, it, it makes a huge difference. But the we were talking today, you know, that ride we did today, like, how are we coming back down the one? Oh, Jesus yeah, we it was moving. it was a spirited ride. But the inline four, you know, the big inline fours, you just there's nothing like them. And you know, I've said this before many years ago. I think before you started coming, John. But mm. if you have never experienced whacking the throttles open on a liter bike, mm -hmm. it's one of the world's great experiences because you are being shot out of a missile. Mm -hmm. I definitely like whacking things. I know you do, yeah. <laughs> but it's just opening the throttles wide on a liter bike and mm -hmm. just hanging on for dear life yeah. is one of the great experiences of motorcycling, mm -hmm. or just one of the greatest experiences, in my opinion, you can have. Mm -hmm. um, 
I'll tell you, but back to, I don't do it much, but I have opened it up a couple of times to racing a Tesla and a Corvette, both from, <laughs> from lights yeah. and or the freeway. Yeah. And at some point it just becomes a, a test of who's got more balls, but they always think you're going to back off. And then somewhere around 110 is when you just kind of, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I think we'll stop I, now. I want to drag Racy on the Africa Twin now again, because we'll the DCT was such an advantage. We'll now bet I hot wonder... dogs. <laughs> Anyway. But you know, it's interesting. Um, when Jim pulled up at, uh, at the Emma House this morning, the two bikes were sitting side by side, and 27 years separates them, separates Rufus and the Jicks. Jicks are GT. Yeah, but that Rufus paint job. But you know, they're so clearly related. They, it just the the design, this Suzuki look. Everything's kind of down and forward. The very, very angle, and there's like a little kink at the bottom of the fairing that's a mm. Suzuki trademark. So a lot of things that you, you don't really notice, but when you see them together, mm. you realize there's so many similarities between the two. Yeah, DNA there. Well, Jim, I know I've said this before, but I'll just say it again. I really appreciate the path that you've taken in your motorcycle choices because you've really taken people's advice. And I think you've been on this great journey to where the bike you have now is like like you've earned you've earned every ounce of that bike can you again uh, excluding dirt bikes say you're the bikes oh, the in order the progression you've done from yeah. street bikes well the dirt bike the dirt bikes actually matter i, I know for but, 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 anyway, but for just for the street, for bikes. street bikes it was the nighthawk 250 i right. put 1500 miles of around town riding on it first and, bike yep. yep then the fc6 <laughs> probably put 30 or forty thousand on it then the FC1 put a solid 40,000 on it, uh, and now the Jigsaw. And I, I, I love that. It's, it is basically, Emma, it's like tiered licensing. Right. If that's how it should be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I'm chicken. That's why. It's like <laughs> no, but I have a lot of respect for you for going up. Spending in, more incre- money Incrementally and earning each of those to where it's not just you've earned it. It's that... When you're kind of hitting the end of the life for the bike that you're riding, it's because you know you need more. Mm-hmm. You you know you want more out of it, and and you know what you need. So you're yeah. you're getting your money's worth out of each purchase, yeah. Because you grow with each one. When you try different stuff and you figure out kind of what jives with you, you know. Because I've always got the Africa Twin mm-hmm. too that I absolutely yeah. right. love just as much. It's just utterly different, right? And you know, I mean, mm-hmm. as you know, with me, I've been messing around with the Harley thing. In the last, last year pants. or so. And I love that Harley, but it scratches a very different itch than Rufus does. Yeah. Well, speaking of scratchy niches, uh, John. Mm-hmm. What's in John's pants? <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you had an itch to buy a new dirt bike. How's that going? <sighs> it's going. It's going. So, you know. He's high as a kite. It's, I, I kind of knew what I was getting into. Um, so you got the friend's special price on a DRZ. On a DRZ 400. Yeah. So Good bike. It had sat for at least a year, probably more closer to two. So it obviously would not. Yeah. Sorry. We wouldn't, it wouldn't start <laughs> when I got it. Even I, And I did the trick. I, spray, I put the. Uh, Ran when parked. Yeah, that kind of thing. So he yeah. moved. He had moved to Oregon. So it sat in a, a storage container. So I got a good, really good deal on it for what it is um and uh so we just had to get it running that was part of the deal so um it had a uh it had uh, it has everything on it that i would have put on it. it has the pumper carb um it's got um the upgraded dash it's got all the, all the stuff i want 
but um you know but it wasn't it wasn't running so got it here and i think we've taken the carb out now six <laughs> times oh i boy. think jimmy have you ever been there oh yeah yeah, yeah it's horrible yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but you do get better at it each time. Oh, I'm and learning. Buy more seafoam. So that's why I feel like I'm king of the world because this is the first time I actually got it all the way back in without Emma coming over and rescuing me. Right, you do so, get better at it. Yeah, you do. You do. So it's it's running now. So I gonna, no, I, I think it's running well enough. You're going to see improvements every time you ride it because now it's it's not suffering from any particular malaise, carburetor mm. or otherwise. It's suffering from the general malaise of a bike that's been sitting for a couple of years so you've just got to ride it yeah. and it's going to improve every time and i think it's this is an important point of how things work at santa cruz uh the recycle garage mm-hmm. we're not going to baby you along here right you know i'm going to be standing over you or liza's going to be standing over you saying well you know try that but you know, ultimately, you you live and die by your own sword. Um, we've talked about this before. What about going back to the stock carb? Yeah, I have a stock <laughs> carb. I've got a stock carb with it, but now that the pumper carb is working, mm-hmm. I want to try to try to keep yeah. that on. Oh, I totally get it. Just it's it's definitely there. an upgrade for DRZs. I think you're certainly not going to like the miles per gallon the pumper gives you. Yeah, I mean it's it's. You know, DRZs are a solid 40 MPG bike. I mean, 25 is the way to go for a pumper. But as a dirt bike, I mean, it really doesn't matter that much. Some people actually prefer the drivability of a a stock carb as well, because it's a a lot smoother. Yeah, it definitely comes on at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. and you can feel it come on. And, you know, the the CV carb kind of takes that edge Mm. off it a bit, which might be advantageous in the dirt if you take that edge off. I, I mean, I imagine if I put the stock carb on, I have the same problem having to go through it and clean it up and do everything I need to do anyway. So well, well, so, so, might as well bring it in and do it next week and yeah, have it not? on your bench so both. cleaned. Compare them. Clean yeah. it. Have it ready. Yeah, because yeah, you, you're expert at taking them in and yeah. out now, aren't king you? Now you're, now you're good at it. Yeah. You are, truly are king carburetor. <laughs> I mean, racers I do it every blow. time, every day. Sucking you blue. Well, um, I have an update on my Benelli. <coughs> Ooh, the oh. Benelli or the attachments? It has been delivered to Industrial Moto. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Oh, my. And where, where, where is where, this located again? Is it in Ohio? Virginia. Oh, okay. And what happens now? It's going to get uh, brackets and, and side side rig made for it. At the industrial moto. At industrial moto, they have to make um, custom make the brackets to put their utility cart on. So, um, how are you setting up? Is it a bench seat? Or are you going to strap so, in like a king chair? You should have a yeah, throne. So, strap if a you've throne seen it, there. it's a utility cart. It looks like a like a, a basket you put on the roof of your car to hold stuff in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I've ordered it with a little bench seat at the back, and then it has some like a no shit handlebar. Yeah. Uh, at the front. You should like put a toilet on there. No, and I was going to well, say but, exactly yeah. the same that thing. That would be so you much fun. Put a toilet on there and, and then the you can sit toilet. on it reading the newspaper sitting <laughs> well, on the toilet. Well, that's the thing. You can, you can put a cooler in there or a lawn chair or yeah. you can put whatever you want in Seats it. Seats out of a Subaru Brat. Remember those? Oh, yeah. oh that's one of my dream cars. <laughs> um so yeah, so it's it's been dropped off. And, cool. it, and it's getting a matching green sidecar. And, and knobby cool. tires. mag wheels. Knobby tires. So it, what sort of green is it? Is it like the Benelli green or is it lime? lime? Um, 
it's the I don't know they it looks kind of like the Benelli green. It is not Benelli green. It is for I think the Kawasaki because mm. you know the Kawasaki the Z, is it Z125. They make them for that, and so that comes in a Kawasaki green, mm. which is pretty close to the Benelli green. Yeah, Benelli's a little darker. Oh, the metallic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know yeah. the color. Yeah. So that's my update. I'm that's excited. awesome. Get the plastic cover like Ooh. the Pope mobile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the poop mobile. Dude, I just cannot wait to get it on the barrel races at Vintage Days. That's that's mm. that's all I'm. So, what needs an about. air flight vest if they're going to get on that? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they're called. I know. Um, let's see. So, where is this bike going to live at the? Shh, we haven't really discussed that yet. I I've got a suspicion. Mm. I know where it's going to live. Yeah. I think I think I'm calling on a big favor. Well, here's where. Hey, Phil, if you're listening, I I hope you don't mind. Being the home of the Manelli, I give you permission to use it for any stupid stuff you want. St. Patrick's Day Parade. It'd be perfect. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm hoping Phil doesn't mind storing it. Since he does sell them, and he does on occasion do stupid stuff, so now he just has an extra bike to do stupid stuff on. Sounds, um, sounds legit. Yeah. So I'm excited. I can't wait to see what happens with that. Um so I wanted to tell you guys something I'm working on. And I mentioned it to you earlier today, but I wanted to talk about it and start throwing it out there. Maybe I can entice Jim or John or people to come with me. So first of all, Emma, you've had overwhelming response to next year's Dolomites trip. Well, and there's a reason for that. And I think what. The original concept of the Dolomites trip, if we go back to Ground Zero when we had Cat on the show, mm-hmm. we said, we love your trips, Cat, but they're too expensive for the average Joe. And he said, well, I'll fix that. I'm going to come up with a cheap one. And the Dolomites trip was it. And so we came up with this trip. It's two and a half grand. Cover the bikes, covers the hotels, covers the breakfast. Doesn't include lunch or dinner, booze or flights. Yeah. But it's basically an affordable mm-hmm. trip that... It's a great price. For four grand, you're going to have a very, very good time. You need to be clever with your flights, but it's affordable. So in the vein of that, you've come up with well, the Liza trip. I have, but first I want to I want to make sure that... I don't want to undercut the Dolomite trip. No, you, it's a, I think so. I wanted to make the announcement. Yours is a very different trip. So people have been emailing them, emailing their interest in. Yes, and I did post on our recycle page yes. on Facebook. There is a link to a sign up yes. page that doesn't really have any info yet, but I think you can put a deposit down. No, you can put a deposit down, and 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 you know, we're three weeks in. And it's nearly sold out. So <laughs> if you want to go on this trip, you better sign up. So you can continue sending emails to yes, me, and I'm forwarding do. to yeah. you, Emma. So you, will, I assume, will be reaching out to Yeah, everyone. I'm going to reach out to every single person and say, hello. Yes. So um, I decided that I'm going to come up with the trip myself next year. And you have chosen a very special place. You are choosing the land of Gorblimey. Yes. 
Mm. So, um, and I will say, Bagel, you're welcome to come too. Oh, don't go, Bagel. Okay. <clears throat> so I am working with Haley Bell, and we are coming up with the UK Moto Love Dream Moto Dream Trip. I gotta still mm. come up with the name. She wants to call it the Mushy P, Mushy P um, Tour. Haley, um, um, I'm appealing to you directly. <clears throat> so on the first night when Liza arrives oh. in England, you must give her the traditional feast of oh, tripe and cow heels. <laughs> Oh. oh God! Now this is a northern delicacy bestowed upon you. So I think a big plate of tripe and cow heels, and um, yum. I was thinking the so, high, the the haggis hair scramble. No, that well, that's when we get into the, in Scotland, the land. beautiful part of the country. Yes, where the men wear skirts. So on my trip, we're going to be hitting many iconic locations. Pubs. Sausage. <laughs> And and, and events meat, meat pies in the Ukraine. Yes, and we will be playing that game. <laughs> so, um, we're going to be doing many different places, but we're going to anchor it around Dirtquake. Yeah, I have heard of this. Yes. this Sideburn Magazine does this, right? Yes, and they're connected with CC. I want to say uh, in a roundabout sort of, yeah. sort of way. So uh, we're not sure yet when it's oh, going to be because they Is haven't this done twenty three. Twenty three, um, but it's, it's going to be in the summer. Uh, so what Dirtquake is? Dirtquake is a flat track event that is rung what you brung, and you get all these people out there racing really inappropriate things. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and there's like videos of Guy Martin racing on a chopper with a raked front end. In in flat tracking it mm-hmm. like straight up. No, flat it looks tracking. fun. It's just it looks like the type of thing you'd see at the one show, mm-hmm. right? What a fun fun event! So yeah. we're gonna visit that. We're also going to visit the Ace Cafe, iconic location, right? Blimey! Birth, birth of the Cafe Racer. That's right. Get your chips and egg. And uh, just a reminder to anyone, if you are going to be visiting the Ace Cafe, don't forget to look on the ceiling for the Motorcycles and Misfits sticker that I put there. (laughs) Um, We're going to go to the Bike Shed in London, which Mm -hmm. is another great location. Uh, We are going to go to the Motorcycle Museum in Birmingham. Yes. So I'm not sure. There's... Are there two? Is there a Triumph Museum and then there's the there's, National Museum? No, there is the Triumph Visitor Experience. Yes. Which is very different to the National Motorcycle Museum. So the National Motorcycle Museum is but, one of the largest motorcycle museums in the world, isn't yes. it? Yes. Or in Europe. It's pretty yes. pretty darn big. Oh, it's huge. And then there's the Triumph Visitor Experience. And then... And I'm sure you will meet Laura there. Uh, yeah, I hope so. And then also we want to go do a lap around the Isle of Man. Now, this won't be during race time. This will just be on street bikes. And we want to do this all on Triumphs, preferably Bonnevilles. And if you can't do a lap on the Isle of Man, you can do a lap on the Isle of Wight. It's nearly (laughs) as good. (laughs) Um, Scare scare the old age pensioners. And the idea of... You can rent a cottage. The idea of riding... So, you know where this came from? Years ago, when I was reading, like, uh, Cycle World, and I read an article of these journalists that went and borrowed old like triumph bikes like 60s triumphs and did a little tour of england doing back roads and stopping at pubs for food drinks and places to stay that this was a thing you could do 
Right. And I'm like, oh, that sounds so like kind of like romantic and really cool to experience. And quaint. The well, what is country. it? The, the Maley Mile? What is The Maley Mile the is Mally the race Mile. on the beach. Oh, wait. What's the one that goes from the top of Scotland all the way down on those on oh, Run uh, Witcherbrung? Land's End to John O'Groat. There you go. But yeah, the, no, that's I a ride that people yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I want to do that one too. So I've always had this idea of riding triumphs, but not old ones. You know, modern ones, but visiting pubs and the countryside. Sounds great. And then visiting all these other iconic places, where we'll talk about the history and the significance and the motorcycle industry. So this is something I'm putting together with Haley. Um, I think you know. I think you were a little worried when you told me, and you thought. Women's going to think I'm competing, but far from it. If we go back to the original concept of who we are as motorcycles and mm-hmm. misfits, we reach out into the into the community, and it's like it's like a big loving embrace that we want you all to have the same experience with bikes that we do. So we're offering these things. It's a natural growth of the misfits. Yeah. So in 2023, mm-hmm. you can do. Miss Emma and Cat's Alpine Adventure, mm-hmm. Tripe and Cow Heels with <laughs> Liza or Haley. Are you going to do another uh, Stumpy's Land of the Giants, John? Not next year. Maybe the year after. I think, John, you should yeah. come up with a mini trip to entice people in who want to hang out with I'll you. I'll tell you, I would, I would love to do a section of the TAT, the Trans-America Trail. There you go. I would love that. Make it happen. Yeah. Make it so, number one. Oh, we were talking about Patrick today about maybe doing an Alaska trip. That would, that was interesting. Well, Ooh, I can yeah. exclusively reveal that Patrick is extremely good company. Mm. And he's quite good in a crisis. Yeah, I bet. He's not negligible in a crisis like me. I just go <laughs> to pieces. But Patrick in a crisis is quite good. So he might be the one. Yeah. Um. So hmm. everything that we kind of do is is to kind of bring together all, all bits of motorcycling. Um, now, I have a suspicion, Liza, knowing the cost of accommodation as I do in England and the cost of bike rental as mm-hmm. I do it, it's going to be a little more expensive. Haven't, than, haven't priced it out yet. Uh, yeah, I <clears> think <throat> it's going to be a little chunkier than um, the Alpine Adventure, but um, watch your pennies, and that's going to be a great trip. I might sign up myself. <laughs> there you go. Um, Go and visit me, brother. Hello. Yeah, it's just, uh, there's so many iconic places over there. Oh, yeah, for it sure. Is, it is history. And, f- like, uh, the Ace Cafe is, a, is a, like, a, a pilgrimage. It's an amazing you know, like you place. Have to, like, yeah, exactly. But they put peas in all the food. God, I, I don't get the that. Peas. Mushy oh. peas. The Mushy food is peas. awesome. The food is awesome. Mushy peas. And you should get out of the city. You Wait, know? British food is awesome? Dude, I've never I, heard I anybody say that before. I rode through Scotland and what, for 10 days, and I never had a bad meal. The food was amazing. I will tell you something about British food, amazing. John. It's okay. very, very misunderstood mm. because Britain is a very cold, damp country, or it mm. used to be before climate change. It's fuel. And when you think about the British diet as being fuel, Mm -hmm. you understand it a little more. There's very, very heavy pastries, Mm -hmm. lots of meats, lots of potatoes, lots of starches, Mm -hmm. carbohydrates. It's fuel. And very local. You know, you're at ship. It's all all local and fresh. But I tell you what, I am old enough. They don't do it anymore because it's considered unhygienic. But if you have a nice piece of cod Mm -hmm. done in a really crispy batter, and these big steak cut 
French fries, which it of course we good. call chips, chips. Right. wrapped in a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Oh God, it's the best thing imaginable. I can imagine. Mm. And the countryside is stunning. And when you're a kid, as ordinary and cheap as that meal was, that's chips. You thought that you were absolutely king or queen of the world no. when you were eating that. Well, the other thing that um, Haley and I are trying to figure out if we can add it is. Riding the green trails. Oh, that'd be nice. So this is something green laning, green laning that Haley does with her her mates, and I love this. So they basically go ride through farmlands, and there's this this known thing that you can just go through the gate, close the gate behind you, and you just continue exploring and riding through farmland, and nobody's telling you you can't be here, and it's all done Mm. with respect. Um, and here's the thing. It's really dirt bikes or street. Yeah, bikes dirt bikes. Okay. Here's <laughs> on one of her trips with her mates. They came across um, a, a sheep that was as you do uh, giving birth and, and having trouble. Oh, and one God. of the guys oh, was a vet, so he no. jumped off and he birthed oh, wow. the lamb. Stuck his hand in there. He birthed the lamb. Oh my God! And oh. then they they continued riding. I'm like Haley. I want to birth the lamb. Right, of course. <laughs> because it's not bad. Oh, oh, <laughs> no. boy, yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, let's just go off of that. Uh, this is an equally as bad on our next segment. So, you know, last week, um, it was really great having Jonathan here teaching the safety class. I actually learned a lot. I did, too. He was great. Um, but I got some info. Um, it started get, getting me interest, interested in motorcycle accidents. And, you know, what's what's a better alternative to treating somebody after they've been in an accident? Avoiding the accident. So I got some interesting statistics here. I actually found a list of the most dangerous states to ride in. Oh. Oh, yeah. We're going to see if you guys can guess oh. what they are. So first of all, I'll tell you, so this is some um, uh, interesting um, uh, data here. According to NHTSA, more than 52% of fatal motorcycle accidents happen during weekend nights from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. So okay. over half. Commute, that's evening commute, right? Uh, this time frame is the busiest time on the road, which means that almost all types of vehicles are on the highway. More people are going out during these times since it is cooler, so you can expect heavy traffic. It would mean that motorcycles are more prone to an accident when more cars are on the road. So that's, so weekend evenings more likely to get in a bad accident. Uh, here's some key findings. Mississippi, Texas, and Arkansas have the highest rate of motorcycle fatalities. Um, motorcycle that doesn't surprise me. Motorcycle probably no helmet law, right? Well, it's also every time I've been in any of those states, it's been a lot of Harleys and a lot of people without gear. Yeah, motorcycle fatalities are up eleven percent since twenty nineteen and twenty three percent since twenty ten. That makes sense. Meanwhile, helmet usage declined from seventy one percent to sixty eight percent. Here's another interesting statistic. In 32% of the fatalities, alcohol was involved. We've known that for a while, though. Sure. Uh, Wearing helmets saves lives. Recent studies show that wearing a DOT-approved helmet reduces the risk of head injury by 69% and the risk of death by 42%. Wow. Wow. Uh, They also found that riders are significantly less likely to wear a helmet when they have a passenger. Less likely with the passenger. Hmm. Wow. Less likely when they have a passenger. Cool. 
That's interesting. Man. Well, I wonder if it, given to you don't have a helmet for your passenger, so you're maybe. not going to wear a helmet, right? Or you give them the yours. Right, but normally you just don't. Or maybe want to chat. So, <clears throat> I have a list of the most dangerous states. You guys want to... So, we just said Mississippi, Texas, and Arkansas. They found also that it's the warmer clients, cli- climates. Because people are riding year-round, and they're right. riding with less I was going to say, I bet if it was adjusted yeah. for seasonality, it would be the cold states, because they only ride a portion of the year. When they do, they go crazy. Remember, because Dr. Detroit was telling us that. Yeah. So, do you want to guess what um, number four is? Florida. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Ah. So, here's an interesting thing. Um, Mississippi, 62. This is uh, These stats are from- This 20, is per capita? From or 2020. Well, to- here, here's the thing. Mississippi had 62 fatalities, but they have 12 deaths per 10,000 motorcycles. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, they just have less people there. Yeah. Whereas Texas had 483 fatalities- but had also the same number of 12 deaths per motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just the amount of people, it's the amount of motorcycles that people yeah. have, right? Uh, Arkansas, 80 with 11 deaths per motorcycle. And Florida, 600. What? With mm, 600 wow. fatalities in 2020 with 10 deaths per, uh, for, t- uh, for, yeah, 10 deaths per 10,000 motorcycles. I wonder what their al- alcohol well, use rate is. But they also get an influx of a whole lot of riders two times a year through Bike Week in October. Bike so October. Uh, the next one's on the list. Louisiana, South Carolina, Missouri, Tennessee, Georgia, North Carolina, Kentucky. No South, no South Dakota. These are all the top most dangerous states to ride in. Now, I mean, there's a lot of factors that make it dangerous. Right, of sure. There's of a lot of different factors. It might be... More common the types of bikes, or it could be, yeah, more year-round riding. Well, in South Dakota, they're only riding a short season, but there's a whole lot of people coming in Yeah, during that. So you want to know where uh, South Dakota mm-hmm. is? See, I thought it would be more the cool seasons, just because I think if you well, adjusted for the riding season. South Dakota in 2020. Now, you have to remember, Florida had 600. Hundred deaths, fatalities. Right. You want to guess how many South Dakota had? Go on. Do you want to guess? Fifty. Okay. Um, believe it or not, they had twenty-seven. Wow! Wow! And we know that like a bunch of those are during Sturgis, yeah, right? But they had five deaths per ten thousand motorcycles. Wow! So, um, so his- only twenty-seven. Here's something about Florida, and it's it's going to sound awful, but um, I was very, very chummy many years ago with an insurance agent, and he said, the thing is about Florida, you know, the, the population of Florida, it's aging so much, mm-hmm. and so you have all these old folk driving Cadillacs, Lincolns, whatever. That's that 3 to 6 p.m. happy hour you got to watch out for. It's, there it, it is. It's early bird specials. Yeah. It's yeah. the early bird specials. Look out. And, you know, it's a natural thing with aging. I mean, you don't hear so well, you don't see so well, mm. and they're everywhere in Florida. And from an insurance point of view, Florida is a nightmare because it's, it's one of the biggest costs to insure 
in this in the state because of all the hurricanes for God's sake. Yeah. Hurricanes, old people driving Cadillacs. <laughs> Crocodiles, alligators. Did you get my text, Jim? I did. <laughs> I'm sure you might like that one. Yes, it was a toy. It was toy in the underpants almost oh, okay. kind of humor. Yes. So um, I just sent you one, Emma. California. Oh, thank yes. You. How do we fare? How do you think California compared to say New York? You think New York is that's pretty dangerous riding with all that traffic. Yes. But a shorter season. So, and this is all of New York State, not just New York City. But still, you think yeah. there's a lot of dangers well, there. California's tough, too, because it encompasses like seven states back on this coast. <laughs> yeah. so, That's true. Right? so how do you think California compares to New York? I think we're better than New York. Yes. Better as in more dangerous? <laughs> we crash or? more. <laughs> yeah. No, Which one do you mean? We crash better. I think California's safer because we ride more. Even though, it, well, it's... Uh, Adjusted per capita, I think California's safer. So New York had 200 fatalities in 2020. Yes. Which is five deaths per 10,000 motorcycles. Okay. California had 539 wow. deaths, wow. which is six deaths oh, per okay, 10,000. But hang on. But hang on. The We're, New York guys, it's not a full riding season. Yeah, we that's ride right, twice. Yeah, that's and right. we are a 12-month riding right. season, so you've got to factor that in. And we ride faster because right. we're better. Now I want you guys to guess. Jeez. <laughs> I want you guys to guess what are the three safest country, uh, stay safest states to ride in. Um, there's one that comes in at only two deaths per 10,000 motorcycles. And the they only had four deaths total. And then uh, the other two have only three deaths per... I'll say North Dakota. Alaska. Alaska. Safest. Is it? Is the safest. Yeah, you could ride for like two weeks there. Wow. Alaska <laughs> had four fatalities in 2020. And they all involved wow. the moose. <laughs> mosquitoes. The same How moose. The same moose, that surly bastard. <laughs> that bastard. <laughs> all right. I would say like North Dakota's there. Uh, nope. No. Nebraska. No. Guam. That's not a state. Nope. <laughs> It's close enough. I would say, you know, and I think the whole Nebraska, thing was these know. long straight roads about, in the Midwest. So the, the next safest only had 25 total fatalities for Idaho. three deaths per 10,000. Yeah, I think those big open states. I, are, Wyoming you, or something. are you Idaho, no, John? No, nope, you guys are haven't you said it Keep going. You said Idaho. Where does Hawaii, <laughs> where does Hawaii fall in the scheme? Uh, it can be if you want. Not, not, Hawaii no, can't be good. No, Hawaii's going to be no, bad. Flops and my ties. Hawaii had 18 deaths, which is five deaths per 10,000 motorcycles. So, are you guys are you not even giving up? I, I, We're just going to start naming states. We're just going to start. Yeah. yeah. New Hampshire. Oh, New Hampshire. Oh. And Minnesota. Oh, sure. Minnesota oh, had I, only three deaths per 10,000 motorcycles. Good for them. Well done. They get a start. Oh, yeah. Um, well, they they've got that cop from Fargo, and she's great. Yes. And the writing season, well, I so think, is of course four weeks long. So the safest: Alaska, New Hampshire, Minnesota, Massachusetts, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Mm. Right, places I think have very short writing seasons. Washington State State is one of the safest. Yeah, Ninety-one right. fatalities nice. in twenty twenty, with only four deaths per ten thousand. Due to Sasquatch, we know there's a lot of <laughs> the same, the same Sasquatch. <laughs> where does where does Oregon fall? They call him Sassy, uh, Sassy the Sasquatch. <laughs> Oregon is up in the middle, sixty-eight. It's right below South Dakota, actually. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, so I thought I'm, that was I'm, kind of interesting. I am sure the statisticians 
would have a field day with that information. <laughs> and they'd re- they'd wrangle it into something completely useless. But it is quite interesting. Um, no, I'm quite proud of California. I think, you know, considering how we ride, because, I mean, we do ride pretty hard here well, in California. we did see a lot of fast bikes on our ride today, and everyone oh, was shit. more or less on the road, I think. Give or take. I think one, one person may have had a... Thing on thirty, they say thirty-five got closed. Did you see that couple on the brand new Ducati Multistrada? They did seem a bit wobbly. I think briefly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were on briefly. Highway One, and he was he was doing I think forty miles an hour. And he looked absolutely yes. terrified. Yes. Oh, his no. arm, no, his arms were completely <laughs> locked. And oh, as we went past oh. him, you know, he's white as a sheet, and his wife didn't look much better. <laughs> Absolute spanking new Multistrada. Um, and since F- Florida had the highest amount of fatalities in 2020, I was doing a little bit further searching. I was l- looking up Florida Man Motorcycle. Yes, yes. Florida, Florida Man, Man motorcycle. motorcycle. Oh, that's a good one. I came up with a couple gems. Oh, oh yes. I did. Do tell. I did. So I wanted to share this. So uh, the first one. And I want to point out. Can I point out something about Florida, please, Liza? Sure. Many, many years ago, when I was fresh off the boat, which is getting on for 30 years. From Cuba? From Cuba. Um, like cutting cane. When I got off the, the plane, I, en- I was in Florida. The plane. And <laughs> I carried, there's a little piece of my heart that I always carry for Florida. It's a nice, nice place. And I don't care what people say about it, and I don't care what people... You know, it's, it's, it's like your first love. Mm. You know, it was the first taste of America I had. And people are going to go, oh, God, Emma, you know. Uh, I was a little kid living in Central Florida. And one of the memories that kind of sums it all up, it's the first place I found old porn on the side of the road. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> No, it was like funny. third grade. My old porn was in the sewer. We had to crawl yeah. down into the junction room <laughs> to find it. That's my Florida memory. For I found part. it on the side of the road in Florida too. There's yeah. something it's, going it's, on. There you okay, go. Okay. It's a wank and throw. All right, so never seen that before. Florida man. So okay, so Florida. So we ask, we ask, why are there so many fatalities, motorcycle fatalities well, we know why. in Florida? The porno mags. Well, this first one I found. The headline is "Man Convicted," and this just happened this month. Man convicted of shooting Outlaws Motorcycle Club member outside mm. Froggy's Saloon. Froggy's. Well, yeah. Mm. So, I have been in a fight in South Carolina <laughs> at a Froggy's. So here's what happened. It says, an incident that may have started because of a t-shirt led to an Outlaws Motorcycle Club member being shot three times and the shooter facing up to life in prison. Wow, that'll hurt. So wow. uh, Nico Pyers, 32, of Ormond Beach. Uh, basically, the story is uh, he w- went into this uh, Froggy Saloon and there was a patch club member of the Mongols who didn't like the T-shirt that this guy Nico was wearing. I don't know who was on the shirt. I don't know. But he didn't like it and told him he needed to get out and mm. leave right now. And he flashed a gun. Oh, my. And said, you need to leave right now. Uh, so the guy left. And that was it. But apparently he waited outside in the parking lot oh, for him. Oh. And when this uh, Mongol came out uh, to get on his bike, Nico pulled up in his truck and pulled out a gun and fired three shots at him. Wow. And then was caught down the road. This is a dead man walking. Oh, yeah. He's been convicted. He's going to jail. He shot a Mongol. Okay. So, okay. 
They have you have you I don't know if you've been to any of these like uh, their websites, but they usually have a be a pen pal with our brothers in jail link. <laughs> no, not been to that. Oh, this man, mm. this man is he's a dead man walking. Yeah, yeah. And it's over a t shirt. That's the wildest mm. thing. There's gotta be I'm more like, than there's that. There's gotta like, be a little what? more alcohol, drugs, whatever. Something, something. Well, they said something about there was somebody on the shirt, uh, there was I don't know, representing something, but I don't know. So it may, was but, it was it gang related in some way? Well when, or was it when like, an outlaw club was member it a Mickey Mouse tells shirt? you to do some <laughs> fucking Elmo down somebody's <laughs> underpants. That's what it was. All right, but I think this next one really can sum up why they may have such a high death death rate in Florida. This one is Florida man arrested uh, arrested after high speed chase. So um, this guy, a uh, 24 year old Florida man. Um, Saw uh, police saw him and lit him up. I don't know why. So he took off at a high rate of speed. But since he wasn't familiar with the neighborhood, he ended up going down a dead end street with gravel at the end and crashed. Oops. Officers found a Smith and Wesson revolver in the bike that was reported stolen in Illinois. The man is charged with fleeing and eluding possession of a stolen firearm, felon in possession of a firearm, CCW violation, driving on a suspended license, driving without insurance, and driving an unregistered vehicle. Are you sure it wasn't the Blues Brothers? I'm like, get it, guy. He's just like... Go big or go home. I mean, come on. Went to the high score. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Like, to me, that's like all the stupid. But I mean, those are the people that do stupid shit. Exactly. Like my friend that got hit in Venice Beach on his, you know, old BMW, got uh, T-boned at an intersection. Guy ran a red light. Um, They finally caught up to him. He was in the hospital in bad shape. And the guy driving on a suspended license, no insurance. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And probably drunk, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Checking the boxes. Florida, you just keep giving and giving. Florida is something. I do also have a special place, though. America's mullet. Yeah, totally. Now I don't I, I don't know if any of these are from Florida, but I, I put out a call and asked for some more uh ask me why questions for Miss Emma. Tell me why, right? Tell, yeah, tell, tell me, me why. why. So Emma, we have a bunch of tell me why questions sent in. Are you ready? Only if you sing the song. Jim, do you know your part? Yeah. Okay. All right, hit us with it, John. Tell me why. No, you did it wrong. Oh, sorry. What did I do wrong? You say it, and then we sing it. Oh. What? Oh. So, so read the question. Hey, Emma. Hello. Tell me why. Tell, Tell me why. why. <laughs> A listener wants to know why British motorcycles don't have the throttle on the left-hand side. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, it makes sense. It does Some make do. It does make sense. <laughs> However. Yeah. I'm going to give this a little more research, but I believe that going way back to the earliest days of motorcycling, they were converted bicycles. And traditionally, bicycles had a gear shifting mechanism on the left-hand side. So that was occupied. So they went for a throttle on the right. Mm. And I think that's it, but I will research it further. But yeah, it does make sense because, I mean... (laughs) That's a good question. Well, no, I mean, if you're riding along in 
America and you know you come up to a bike you give them you know the low V or the high oh hey hey how are you yeah. you know whatever but you can't do that in England yeah. because it's your throttle hand <laughs> and you know right. if you're halfway through a corner you're going to fall off because your bike will get all wobbly so you do the nod you do the nod yeah. alright good one alright you got another right. one John I but, do but oh, well, well, just on another note on that one though yeah. um I suspect probably the reason is that the majority of people are right-handed. So you mm. put the throttle on the right hand to have the fine degree of control that you need to, to ride safely. And that's most likely the reason I would think, but that's, I could be totally off. That is not only applesauce, bagel. <laughs> it is grade A applesauce. I, How dare you come into my company in Gibber like can, a I, lunatic? Can I <laughs> no, I think that, actually that might be good, but ah. But, ah, wouldn't you think that you might need more hand control to operate a clutch, yeah. dear boy? Mm, you, well, you don't operate the clutch nearly as much as you do the throttle, though. Can I, can I suggest a bad idea? Yes. Sure. Maybe it would be fun to take maybe like your TTR-125. Mm -hmm. Flip it around. Flip the controls <laughs> around on the handlebars <laughs> and see if people can... Sort it oh, out. That would be a good time right there. Did the clutch on the right, the brake on yeah. the left? Uh, yes. I tell you what, <laughs> oh, something so as simple as sitting backwards on a motorcycle is oh, absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. Any time that you deviate from what's normal, it's absolute. I, I sat on the back of a moped once, and it was the most terrifying 25 miles an hour. I, it, I thought I was going to die instantly. Mm. And I suspect it'd be the same thing if you mess the controls around. You know, that, that reminds me of a bicycle I rode once that, that I forget what it was called, but it was, it was a thing in the seventies that had two, it had two pivots. It had the, the handlebars oh, yeah, on a pivot yeah, yeah. and there was a pivot on the, 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 seat. the, post the seat was yeah. on. So the rear wheel rear axle would pivot <clears throat> based on, on how you would, would swing it out with, with your butt, I guess. Mm. And I rode one of those once and it was the weirdest thing. I just, I did not know how to control it. You know, um, I think that, it, I think that we would be capable of doing it. And here's why there was a, a documentary I saw once and it wasn't documentary. It was like a journalistic piece. A guy had a bike made that had, um, uh, gears and pulleys and shit. So when you turn the handlebars left, the wheel turned right and vice mm. versa. So it turned the wheel the reverse oh, fashion. Yeah. And he just, it took him like a year to master it, uh, to master. It. And once he did, his brain was rewired and he could easily ride this bike that nobody else could ride. But he, I think he also had trouble riding a regular bike. He after riding he a regular bike ride. after that. Exactly. <laughs> right. So maybe However, a bad idea. Um, I will say, um, you know, I grew up riding British and Japanese bikes, mm -hmm. whichever I could afford at the time. And I am completely ambidextrous with gear shifting now. It doesn't matter whether it's right or left foot. Yeah. It's very, very natural for me to right. get it. Because half my bikes, I mean, Rufus, of course, shifts on the left. I I'm the same way with turn signals. Y yes. Harleys, BMWs. Yes. They're not like everyone else. No, no they're not. All right, you got yeah. another one there? I do. This is from Hubert from Saskatchewan. Hubert. Hey. Hubert. Saskatchewan. Hubert Farnsworth. He wants to know, Miss Emma... Some pistons go up, some pistons go sideways, some pistons go forward. Yes. Some, some might go backward. Yes. How come none of them go downward? Tell me why. Ooh. Sorry. Where's the tell me why? <laughs> 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 so, wait, that's a good question. 
What is that? Wait, wait. Is that a tugboat? Why are we doing that? What's, what's oh, and it's the simplest answer in the world. Why? Yeah, why I can't they go ones. upside down? That's a great question. Uh, why does the head have to be on the top? Well, because I shall tell you. Okay. I shall tell, tell you. Tell me why. So what you must Wait, wait, wait. Tell me why. Fluid dynamics. Tell me why. You missed it. It's got nothing to do with bloody thermodynamics. I'm bloody thermodynamics you in a minute, Babel. (laughs) Um, No, well, yes, it is fluid dynamics because if you think about the way an engine works, there's oil pumped all around the engine to lubricate it. And the oil is contained within the oil pan at the bottom of the engine. And then there's a pickup which sucks it up into the oil pump and pumps it around the engine. Now, if there's a cylinder in the middle of the frigging oil pan, it's not going to work, is it? Interestingly enough, though, hang on, aircraft engines don't have an oil pan. They have an oil tank. The radial ones, right? But aircraft have uh, radial. Yeah, Yeah, but a couple of those cylinders are facing down. So if you have an oil tank, you can do it. But now we get into real is it, estate. Is that why the planes have to do the loop-de-loops all the time? Yes, to circulate exactly. the oil? <laughs> no, but so if you, think, a, if you think about a plane engine, so let's think about our friend, uh, let's think about our friend, the Lockheed Constellation, which is a lovely, lovely... Fr- I didn't know we were friends. Yes, everyone's <laughs> friends with the Lockheed Constellation. The fucking thing sat 20 feet up in the air on its <clears> undercarriage, and the engines were as bigger around as this room probably bigger so having a cylinder sticking down isn't a problem now if you think about a motorbike you still have to have that oil pan you gotta have that oil pan or an oil tank as in a british bike but if you decide oh i want to have my cylinders sticking down and i can do it because i've got an oil tank and not an oil pan the weight. What's the weightiest part of a motorcycle engine, Liza? The transmission. No. The crank, the crank. Right. Oh, the crank, yeah. Why would you have the crank as the highest part of the engine? Well, kind of like a roller coaster. It gives you the momentum to go back down. Oh, God. <laughs> you asked. I like that answer. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons oh. why there aren't cylinders sticking down, and they're all great reasons. It would be a terrible idea to have cylinders sticking straight down. I want to try it, though. <laughs> well, I really do. Actually, actually, go on YouTube. I mean, how there do the are people work? who is have it, made radial way, engine motorcycles. Yeah, I was going to ask that. The yeah, intake Jesse, and exhaust Jesse valves Jesse work and like the rings. Does it does it keep the oil? Yeah. If, I mean, if it wasn't a tank, if there was some sort of a sump, do they do that? Yeah, I mean, they would. But God, it'd be difficult from an engineering standpoint. It'd be oh, yeah. an absolute nightmare because you'd either have to have the oil pan around it or... The, the the crank is the highest point of the engine. I like the idea of having a single cylinder bike with a cylinder sticking straight <laughs> down. I really like the idea of that. Well, I look, really want to well, build it. Let's think about that because when you're if you hit a rock or something, uh, we have to have mash plates on our bikes because what happens? All the oil will come out. Well, let's sal- put the problem, sensitive underbelly on the top. <laughs> Yes, I like the sound of that. And while we're at it, why don't we put the driven wheel at the front and have the steering wheel at the back? And make the cylinder head the bash plate. Yes! And the throttle on the left. And the throttle on the left. And you can sit backwards on it. 
Okay. <laughs> Good question. All right. Well, then we got another one. I, actually, I, I like the idea of sitting upside down in some kind of sling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of hanging yourself upside down. Recumbent motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> Redundant it's called the, it's motorcycle. Called the gurney. Well, I was Reverse the gurney. recumbent. Yeah, How about gator. that? Gator. Fantastic. So, gator Miss Emma, I got a, a, a question from Esteban. 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 From Sam, Sanford, Florida. This seems like a very oh, Florida, Florida question. Uh-huh. That is very close to where I grew up. Oh. Esteban says, tell me why. Tell me why. Because I like highlight. <gasps> I like highlight. Can I put a they super... sponsored my Little League team when I was there. So. <gasps> can I put a supercharger on my Honda Ruckus? Yes. You can supercharge you anything. You could. <laughs> where will it so, go? Oh. Where will it fit? Oh, you can you can have it in a little trailer behind you. Chugged a little long. Okay, so let's talk about what a supercharger is, because super superchargers and turbochargers do exactly the same thing, but they do it in different ways. So, um, if you think of your engine as a, as a as an air pump, it sucks in air fuel mixture. It's it sucks it in, squeezes it, bangs it, and blows it out. Suck, squeeze, bang, blow. What a supercharger or a turbocharger does is it takes this vacuum and it it turns it into pressure. So basically, the air fuel mixture is pushed into the engine. The engine's not sucking it in, it's pushing it in. And there can be great horsepower gains. The difference between a turbo and a supercharger, a turbocharger as an impeller that's driven by the exhaust gas. Mm-hmm. And then that drives uh, a vane, which pushes the air-fuel mixture in. Famously, my pink Goldwing has mm-hmm. a turbo on it. A supercharger Super. um, is mechanically driven. So, if you wanted to supercharge your um, ruckus, it's a ruckus, right? Yeah. It's a ruckus, yeah. Did he say mm-hmm. how big his ruckus is? Is it a big ruckus or a little ruckus? I think they're only 50cc. You can buy a big ruckus. Yeah. You can buy a 250. Well, yeah. oh. it, well, it, it well, he didn't there, say there's the big ruckus and there's the little ruckus, but the little ruckus is the one that everyone customizes. Yeah, and so if he's talking about putting a supercharger, I'm assuming he's already swapped out his engine for a GY6, yeah, the GY6 into a little ruckus. Yeah. So it's probably a 125. So here's what you need to do because uh, there are there, there is a formula. So generally, you run a supercharger at a one-to-one ratio. So the pulley on the end of the crank and the pulley on the supercharger are going to be the same size. The problem, you need to find a supercharger small enough to power that engine. And generally, you want a supercharger with the same swept volume as your engine. So you need to find a 125C supercharger, which is going to be about as big as a small bag of sugar. Um, you can find them. And interestingly enough, they are uh, cabin blowers for old aeroplanes. So, yeah, of course you can. Of course you can. In fact, I think you should do it and send us pictures of it. Um, you're going to need, you're going to be on your own with the uh, toothed belt system or you can gear drive it. As long as you drive it off the crank, this nonsense, it's absolute nonsense in Mad Max, where he had a switch on the dashboard and he's sitting <laughs> driving his car and the pulley is stationary, he pulls out the switch and the pulley starts moving. And then off he goes. Solenoid clutch. It's absolute nonsense. It can't work like that. <laughs> Those, it was purely Hollywood 
or Garai Hollywood at the time because, of course, it wasn't made in America. But, but that simply doesn't work. You have to have it driving at all times. Yes. All right. And and well, can I also make a note? I I I could be wrong, but but I think that the uh, there's a shop that made a uh, a GY6 motor that was supercharged. <clears throat> uh, I think it was, it was the the scooter the scooter swap dot com. They uh, I oh, think well, the entered at the one show a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, the th- the great thing, we all make fun of the stuff coming out of China. But what China has done for us is they've opened up a world of stuff that simply wasn't available 30 or 40 years ago. If you want a 125cc supercharger, there's probably some company in China that makes them. You know, yeah. you, graphics kits, anything you could possibly want is being made right now in China. And we simply didn't have this stuff back in the day. So, um, yeah, do it. There's no reason at all why you can't supercharge. I mean, if you wanted to supercharge your fucking weed whacker, you could. As long as you can find one small enough. I, I, is think, it easy? Li- I think Liza should supercharge her, uh, her My Benelli. other whacker? Her Benelli. Oh. Yeah. Yes, it is, oh, you know? it is easier to supercharge than turbocharge, and I shall tell you why. The reason it's easier to supercharge, number one, a supercharger doesn't need its own oil system. A turbocharger does. A turbocharger has to have a pressure oil system because they spin so fast. Supercharger spinning at engine speed. So the maximum you're going to get out of a supercharger is 6,000, 7,000 RPM. Is there a lag on a supercharger? No, none. Okay, so you don't have to deal with turbo lag. Also, you don't have to change the exhaust. Remember, a turbocharger is fed by the exhaust, so you have to change the exhaust to feed the, the turbocharger. You're going to say, well, hang on a minute. Why isn't everything supercharged, not turbocharged? There is quite a power loss Mm. with superchargers. The formula used to be, and it's a very, very old formula, and please forgive me if you're listening to this and you're a mechanical engineer and you're pulling your hair out and saying, fucking hell, Miss Emma's giving us information from the 1950s. But the old formula for supercharging was... It takes 30% of your engine's power to drive it, and you double what's left. So let's let's say you Mm. take a 100-horsepower engine. It's going to take 30 horsepower to drive the supercharger, right? Mm -hmm. That takes you down to? 70. And then you double what's left. 140, yeah. So that's quite a a gain Mm -hmm. for just bolting something on. However, a well-set-up turbocharger... Take a stab at what that 100 horsepower engine would do with a 10, 10 PSI turbo. <coughs> like 98? 200 plus wow. horsepower. Wow. Yeah. But it's so much funner to say super. Oh, super duper <laughs> charger. <laughs> Um, right. So right. yeah, and also um, isn't so basically isn't the, do it, tra la la. And also because because the pressures are are generally lower with a supercharger, doesn't that have better engine longevity than mm. a turbocharger does? Yeah, I mean it can. Um, yeah, depending obviously. Right. Yeah, uh, I think we got re- time for one more. All right, uh, this is from Billy from Battle Creek. Hey, Billy, hey. oh Billy. Battle Creek, Billy Michigan. Bones. Oh God, that's where all the breakfast cereal come from. That's bloody right. hell. Important. He says uh, it is important. Norad, dear Miss Emma, tell me why. Tell me why. Tell me why. why. 
beat you to it. There's a two-stroke and a four-stroke, <laughs> but why not a three-stroke and a five-stroke? <laughs> What's in Billy's? Isn't, isn't that a Wankel engine, though? <laughs> as long as it's not Woody. As long as it's not Woody. <laughs> I think he's going to tickle me elbow in his underpants. <laughs> the legs sticking. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> I like the idea of a three-stroke. It's almost like, like a thringle. A thringle. <laughs> Emma, I got a question for you. Tell me why. Emma, I got a question for you. Well, I know, but this is a sidebar. <laughs> if a four-stroke twin makes a potato, potato, potato sound, <laughs> what vegetable would a three-stroke sound like? It sounds like somebody playing rutabaga, a rutabaga, 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 rutabaga. It sounds like somebody playing a xylophone. <laughs> Oh, oh, man. oh God Almighty! Um, like Oingo Boingo. Poor oh, Billy. hang in there, Billy. We're coming to uh, it. Uh, no, I shall. Uh, wait, hold on. What's his name? He used to have the polka from Lawrence Welk. Lawrence Welk. Lawrence Welk. Lawrence Welk. Oh, that's a good xylophone player. <laughs> oh God Almighty! What was the question? No, why is there a three-stroke? Look, or a five-stroke. Or a five-stroke, and they're very, very good. Finish too soon. Well, that's why. <laughs> if you have the throttle on the left and the piston on the bottom, well, I think you could do it. No, you yeah. probably could. <laughs> probably well, if could. You a, if you have a power-stroke diesel, isn't that the fifth stroke? No. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the power-stroke is not like a vinegar-stroke either. Because <laughs> you know what the vinegar-stroke is, don't you, Bagel? No. Oh. So it's more like a wank. <laughs> yes, like, um, so if we think about revolutions of a crankshaft, they, it, an engine has reciprocating movements, which are up and down, and rotary movements, which are round and round. And it has to return. If we think of the crankshaft as a clock, it has to do a complete revolution. So that's up and down with the piston. Now, the so a two-stroke, up, down. It's returned to its original spot. Four-stroke, up, down, up, down. It's returned to its original spot. But what if the crank went in a triangle? Oh, like, oh, like, a, uh, like a rotary engine? No, rotary engine's not... That doesn't have a crank like a triangle. What's the one that Mazda's used to be? It rotates yeah, no, like that's a, got a piston order. like a triangle. Oh, okay. But it, it, rotation is rotation. It, there's no triangles involved. Yeah, there's no triangle. No, well, it could be in your imagination. No, <laughs> I mean, it has to be an even number because it has to return to it, its original point. If it's opposing pistons... No, you can't have. What a if the valves strike. were in the middle, halfway down? What if the valves are in the middle, halfway Maybe down? Maybe somebody in China is working on this right now. What happens if you had a Conrod that looked like a menorah <laughs> with eight pistons on the end of it? 
it they got progressively two smaller. Or four and they got progressively though. smaller. No, you've got to have an even number there, darling. I mean, theoretically, you could have a six-stroke engine. But the problem is, is if you had a six-stroke engine, you see, once you get beyond four, you've got to remember that a four-stroke engine does two complete mm-hmm. revolutions of the crank for one fire. That's why a two-stroke engine traditionally always used to pr- do more power because you'd have a power stroke every revolution of the crank. A four-stroke, you've only got one power stroke for two revolutions of the crank now let's not even talk about it in case gavin newsom hears this he might go oh so if you had if it needed three complete revolutions of the crank which would be a six stroke engine to complete one power stroke it'd need to be a hell of a fucking big bang because you know there'd just be so much wasted rotary but then you could have a lighter crankshaft right you could because it would be moving faster. But I li- right now, and I'm going to start working on this when I get home, I like the idea of a, a three-stroke thringle. <laughs> Turbocharged. You can, you can cut it out of a cardboard cereal box from Battle Creek, Michigan. Yes, exactly. So, um, Billy, carry on making the cereal, mate. Yes, and, um, yes. Great. That was, a, that was great. That was, I, worse, no. that was worth sticking around for two hours. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for that. Um, I have a big announcement. Uh-oh. Yes. Yes. Um, if, you, if you didn't know yet, the Rev Sisters Motorcycle Film Festival is happening again, uh, October 28th to November 13th. It hey, is, do, do we get to judge any of them this year? Uh, we already have judges. Thank you. Just judge Liza. <clears throat> we, but, we always judge yeah. you, Liza. But um, you can get tickets. This is an online event if you haven't done one of the Rev Sisters Film Festivals yet. We've got, oh, I forget how many hours... Nine, nine, ten hours, or a lot. We've got a lot of films. Anyway, um, it's free for the first weekend. Ten bucks if you want an extended viewing pass for the whole time. Uh, just go to revsisters.com, R-E-V sisters.com, and you get your passes there. Mm-hmm. I'll throw a little something out. I got a uh, desert season is approaching. And John yeah. and I were talking about it earlier. I got a couple of trips planned if anyone wants to meet out there. I'll be heading down towards Johnson Valley, most likely, or down that way, um, about the third week in October and the same in November. So if anybody wants to meet me out there, just email Liza and she can put you in touch. Yeah. Yeah, good desert days. Um, Let's get to some emails, shall we? <clears throat> Jim, I gave you one. Three was, stroke <laughs> which, which I think it should have a triangular piston. Okay. Which is possible. <laughs> it is. We've talked about that. Yeah. And we could keep the rings <clears throat> in Toblerone boxes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got a nice and short one there, which I think Emma will That's enjoy. Yes, yeah, nice and quick. Uh, this is from Leo Margolf. Hey, Leo. Hey, Leo. Uh, what's happening? Police in Greece on, I'll, I'll save this for later. Oh, my. Uh, yeah, yeah, Malakas. Translated from Greek, hey wankers. <laughs> oh, good out. I know. Hey wankers. Had a lovely holiday in Greece uh, and Spain this summer and was delighted to see a land ruled by two-wheeled motorized transport. Yeah. I would love to go to Greece. Uh, mostly scooters and adventure bikes. Lots of cool machines. And best of all, I'll pass this around, the police had Hayabusas. Oh, wow. <laughs> they don't mess around. Yeah, and they're good-looking yeah, bikes. And they're, they're handsome bikes. policemen. Too. Oh, look at that. Nice colors. I like it. Uh, is it stretched? I think it has got a stretch on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Italian. It's, cer- it's certainly got blue neon. Nice. Anyway, cool. Wow. 
All right. Well, well like you guys it. are passing that around. I have one from Michael, and he has some uh, an idea, a show idea. Ooh, Michael. He said, uh, I was listening to episode 486 uh, and ah. had a thought at the start of the show and couldn't decide if I should take it seriously or not. I was just going to laugh it off, but at the end of the show, Liza asked for show ideas to fill her void. You guys paying attention? By which, of course, I mean the void she'll leave while she's not on the show. <clears throat> Emma, you paying attention? <laughs> I got to take your picture. Leave oh, my word. <laughs> this is what the next three weeks is going to be I'm not like. going to say what Emma's doing, but let's just, let's just pretend she's putting stuff in her underpants. All right. Oh, Emma. Oh, Emma. Oh, don't put that on Instagram. Oh, I don't think that's going to fit. Oh, my gosh, it fits. Emma. How did you do that? Careful when you pull it off, ah. it leaves a little mark. So <clears throat> okay. that takes talent. Uh, so on that episode starts with y'all discussing writer first aid, and I thought yeah. this sounds like biker scouts, and they earned their first aid badge. Oh, so biker how scouts. about this as a show? Fill your leather vest with merit patches <clears throat> and mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's been like two hours, man. A long time. He says, figure out what the requirements are and whether you think they've earned them. Then figure out which are absolutely necessary to become a screaming eagle scout. I like the screaming. Does she know that that's still there? It it leaves a little black. Okay. Um, So he made a few suggestions. So he's saying on on one of the shows while I'm gone is you guys can try and come up with merit badge ideas. I like that. So he says, uh, here's a few to start you out. First aid, how to apply a tourniquet, secure the scene, lift a rider and lift a fallen bike. Kind of stuff we did. Dirt riding, another merit badge. The equipment requirements for a dirt bike, how to ride on at least three different terrains, an etiquette for using public courses, and actually go do a ride in the dirt. I like that. Moto camping. Mm. How to plan a trip, how to pack the bike, and how to recognize moto-friendly campsites. Ooh, I like all these. These Right? (laughs) Street riding. The equipment requirements for a street-legal motorcycle, basic understanding of traffic laws, get your motorcycle endorsement, and go on a street ride. Group riding, and this is a good one. Oh, yeah. Hand signals, <laughs> etiquette, types of rides, you know, poker runs, parades, That's and a stuff big like one. that. And so on. He says, I, as always, thanks for the show and keep up the good work. So what would the nice. Misfit merit, merit Badge look like? Oh, gosh. A, you'd have to have some sort of bandage. <laughs> uh, a teeter-totter. I will say riding while injured. It would, yes. it would be a picture of somebody with Elmo stuck to the front of her. She a visual she cannot get rid of. <laughs> and toilet paper stuck to your bike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh, John, you have yep. yours ready? I do. Emma. Old English Fish and Chips Oil Pressure is the title. Oh, from, blimey. This is no. from, from Brett. Um, hey, Brett. Is it Brett? Hey, Brett. Or Brett. Brett. <clears throat> Two T's. Brett. Like Brett Favre. Exactly. Yes. Dear Miss Emma, a quick technical question from the archives. I bought a 1972 bodybuilt engine from, <laughs> from a friend, and I want to turn it into a three no. uh, from a friend, and it turned out the engine on my 67 project was in very sorry state. I had fun with it for over 8,000 miles, but, okay. I never, but I never checked oil pressure. Recently, I installed the gauge and went out for a ride. I was horrified to find I had hot five... PSI at idle and a max pressure of 30 PSI at high revs. Okay. Am I in disaster territory? I've heard that twins create their own oil pressure by the rotation of the crank. I replaced the crank seal in the oil pump, but results were the same. Should I wait for the big 
and knock, or will my Conrads pop out of the crankcase and say hello before too long? No. Oh, uh, Swiss. Thanks from your faithfully Swiss minion. Yeah, oh, that's oh, great. We like Swiss. <clears throat> so here's the English motorcycle engines are the best in the world, and I am absolutely not going to argue. I will argue with that with anyone. I will fight you if you don't believe it. But there are, I'm sorry. Um, Rufus just called, and he's very, very No, hurt. I know he is. However, there are one or two details, just minor details that we didn't get right. The biggest problem with um, British bike engines is they're largely unfiltered, the oil. Mm. And it works on a centrifugal system. And so basically the oil pump sucks up from the tank, pumps it through the right-hand casing of the engine into the end of the crank, through the crank journals, blah, 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 and then so on and so forth. Now, 30 PSI is low. Why would it be low? Well, how, how low can you go? Well, not much no, lower than 30 PSI when you're going flat out. See, a good engine should produce 50 to 60. So where is it going? Where is it going? Well, I shall tell you. Well, I can tell you that if the cylinder was on the bottom, you wouldn't have that problem. That's true. You wouldn't. Um, so it's, it's going one of two places. And because it's a Triumph engine... Unfortunately, it's going to be the notorious place. So the good news is your engine isn't scrap yet, but you've got to strip it down. Oh. And you've got to pull the sludge trap out of the crank. And what the sludge trap is, is a it's a tube that runs right through the big end journal. And there's a screw thread at the end of it with a... Um, flat for a screwdriver an absolute devil to get out you have to drill a center punch out wind it out with a special tool pull a tube out clean it out it's going to be full of sludge and it's designed really to save the crank but the reality is as it becomes plugged it saps more and more oil pressure until you're showing sort of 20 30 psi so the cure for it strip the engine down clean all the oil weighs out um, clean out the sludge trap, put a Morgo, M-O-R-G-O, high-volume pump in it. Boom. You'll be good to go. Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle, as it were. Mm. These old British engines, they do require some tinkering. But, you know, um, every time I get an old engine in at Motortown, crank comes out, pull the sludge trap. Mm. you got to do it. All right. So how many miles does it take for the sludge trap to usually... 10,000. Every 10,000 you build yes. the Yes. Wow. wow. Yes. The, the oil change regimen for a British bike is every 1,500 miles. Oil chop. Yeah. And nobody did it. Mm. So now you've got to pay the price. Nobody changed their oil every So 15. if you change your oil more regularly, you wouldn't... Yeah, it certainly helped, but it's basically unfiltered oil. And, you know, yeah. back in the day... Truthfully, we didn't ride them that much, yeah. you know? All right. Well, great. Bagel, you have one there? Yes, I do. Mm. I have an email from Ethan Mayer. Hey, Ethan. I know that name. Uh, Ethan writes, hello, misfits. Hi. A scooter question from Ethan in Portland. Hey. Although I'm a proud Ask Miss Emma subscriber, I did want to extend this question to the group 
namely Scooter Mafioso Bagel and Distracted Parent <laughs> Liza. I have a lovely 1986 Honda Elite. Yeah. And uh, the title of this email, by the way, is Elite 80. Uh, and he says, uh, 96 Honda Elite, Elite 80, that unfortunately shudders when I use the front brake. And the problem gets worse as I brake harder. It seems like the whole scooter is quickly rising and falling over the front wheel. And I don't really understand the confounding front suspension design with pivot arms and bushings and other such wizardry. The rear brake works fine and doesn't shudder. Although I'm suspecting it might be a braking issue over a suspension issue, I'm not finding any clear answers online, in the manual, or in my brain. Hmm. Any thoughts? Oh, I know Love exactly what this is. Wait, can I take a guess as the one who has really no clue? Is it the drum? Is the drum worn uneven? What do you say, Bagel? Well, I have a feeling that this is brake-related. Um. Well, Although yeah, the whole I question think, is about the brakes. Well, well, well let me... Let <laughs> oh, me as opposed to suspension. Yeah. Right, but I think the, the suspension definitely comes into play as well because it probably has the original shocks on there still, mm -hmm. and they're probably worn worn out to all hell so that when the brake is, is binding and loosening, oh. which is causing the, the front end to dive and, yeah. and pop up, the suspension is not helping that at all. Right. So it's not really so it's doing exaggerating. much. Exaggerating. It's, yes. It's, it's, yeah. it's, you know, just letting that go completely, you know, uh, full tilt, you know, back and forth. But there's something going on in the brakes uh, themselves. Probably that there is, um, that the brake drum is, has a, a, a worn spot or, or it's, it's out of round. Or a buildup. Maybe? Or it could be there's buildup in there yeah. too, possibly. But but it's basically it's binding and loosening as as you're breaking, and that's causing it to 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 do that. But Emma, please, do you concur? Give, give us so, your, your thoughts. It's a it's an elite, right? Yeah. Oh, elite eighty. Elite eighty. There was a nasty little problem with elite eighties. Oh. And it's quite easy to fix, but what they did, <clears throat> Honda kind of dropped the ball with the thickness of the brake liner and mm. the 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 wheel hub the hub is made out of aluminium mm. and then the brake liner is made out of steel and is pressed in but it was a little bit thin and as we know when aluminium starts to corrode it swells yeah. and they crack the brake liner. Mm. Oh. And I think what our friend is feeling is that crack in the brake liner. So I doubt whether you'd see oh it, but what's going to happen? Take the front wheel out and look within mm -hmm. very carefully yeah. at the drum. So I was and right. You're, you're going to see a high spot. You're going to yeah. see a high spot. Mm. And what it, it'll look dark either side of it, and then it'll have a very shiny spot. So the cure is find yourself a used wheel or even a new one. They're not that yeah, much. Well, hold on. New, new is, hub. Is it so, possible so that... You can wire wheel out the inside that maybe there's some buildups in there. Yeah, I mean, he, he might find on a bike that has been sitting, yeah. especially in a moisture-rich yeah. environment, it might not have a cracked drum. It might be just full of rust and yak yes. and yeah, cleaning all that shit out and making a nice surface. Because when a drum brake works, you, you pull the cable and it moves an arm and it expands the shoes against mm -hmm. the mating surface in the wheel herb and um 
everything stops nice and smoothly, like on the rear. And you may want to replace yeah. the shoes. I recommend the Nikes. I like Nikes. Um, I do prefer sparkly red stilettos, though, is my shoe of choice. Um. <laughs> Air Jordan's here. <laughs> Air Jordan's. All right. Bagels, that wrap it up? Yeah, and I, I think that that definitely is is a great point, Emma. Because if it if it's a if it has a thin liner and that's prone to cracking, that in the herb, yeah, that'll cause all kinds of problems. <laughs> and yeah, at that point, you, all you can do is get a new hub. But no, um, you didn't say it right. Bagel, herb. the big herb, the big herb. <laughs> all right, we get, so, we but, get, but if the, but if the liner, but if it did get corrosion in there. Yeah. Um, just on the one side, like if it'd been sitting. In yeah, the I mean, you can clean it um, out, and it'll be lovely, bubbly, jubbly, won't you it? Could, but the problem is, if you if it already has a thin liner, and you're you're sanding it to get it smooth again, then you're making it just that much thinner. Um, so you can try that, but if if that's the case, it's it's, 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 a, it's probably going to be only a temporary fix. You're probably going to need to replace no, that. They, oven it's anyway. a new herb. herb. Yep. All right, we got time for one more. Let's do it, Emma. Okay, and this is from Wouter Kint. And he says, hello, all you beautiful people. He hello. Said, he's starting hello. off on the hello. right foot already. I'm an addict. <laughs> Not only <laughs> to motorbikes, but also to your podcasts. Oh. Oh. Especially since I purchased my Bluetooth headphones so I can keep my addiction going while I voluntarily do the dishes for my wife. <laughs> You're a very, very smart well, young man, That is man, a well-trained... Um, That's a great way so to get things done. I'm l- I'm listening in from the Czech Republic. Oh, you're my Ooh. Czech oh. mate. But I'm a Flemish expat, so not <laughs> sure how that accent will be handled. Lots of phlegm, I should think. Checkmate. Checkmate. I ride a Yamaha XTZ660 from 91. That is a very good bike okay, indeed. Wait, which one is that XTZ660. What, yeah. what is that? Um, they're kind of blue and grey, and they're kind XTZ6 of they're angular and really quite super. But they do have a problem, and I'm going to tell him Wait, that. Wait, that, that's not a Tenere, is it? No. Oh, it comes up as XTZ660 Tenere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I see, too. Okay. It's kind of a venturish bike. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. 91 cool. and 99. And yeah. a BMW F650GS from O2. Another good one. Um, the only thing COVID was good for was motorbikes. So good, it's almost impossible to get your bike serviced. And listen, I want to talk a little bit about this because it's not just getting your bike serviced. So um, me and my sweetie decided we wanted to go to Chipotle and have a burrito two nights ago. And so we're standing in line at Chipotle. I had Chipotle two nights ago. Okay. Well, we were in the Chipotle, and the manager comes over and says, I'm sorry, I can't serve you both. And I said, why? And she said, I don't have the staff. We are only taking online orders. Now, my sweetie was obviously quite upset about this, and I said, just hang on a minute. Oh, I hate that. So you... Yeah, okay. You have a place your order online while you're standing And there. I said, I well, know. we've got a choice. We can either go out into the car and place our order online and whatever. But the point is, the point I'm trying to make is everybody is yeah. short of staff. Yeah. Now, I've seen this coming for a while because there's been a shortage of skilled staff mm-hmm. going way back pre-COVID days, 
way back. Yeah. Um, what's going to kill your fancy Bentley or your Maserati or your Ducati is probably going to be, you're going to run out of people who are going to be able to service it. Mm. Certainly the yeah. way things are going right now. So it's a worldwide problem. Um, and I think, you know, to a lot of people, the pandemic was a bit of a wake-up call and they kind of reevaluated their life and said, look, I'm getting up, I'm going schlepping myself to work to a job I hate yeah. and I'm spending all my money to support a lifestyle that enables me to get up every morning and go to a job I hate. And they kind of reevaluated their lives and are hopefully doing something better. And I think that's something we should all applaud and not as frustrating as it is. I think we should really applaud that because if people are happier now in the path they're taking in life than they were before the pandemic, surely that's a good thing. But it is frustrating. So anyway... Um, yes, I truly enjoy spending time with my bikes in the garages, but my pure Tenere wears the battle scars of my mm -hmm. poor engineering journey. Well, that's okay, darling. I dream of starting a Misfits garage over here, but since all the mechanics are overloaded, we have no other choice. Please clone Miss Emma, or I shall start immediately. <laughs> Did I win a T-shirt, or is that the Revzilla podcast? <laughs> Keep... Keep up the excellent work and my addiction going. See you soon, amazing Miss Emma too. Uh, you know, I like the idea of a like a more Flemish Emma. Um, I think he won a T-shirt. So let's send him some um, toenail clippings and he and can some clone Altoids. You. Oh, that's that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. No, I'll send him a pair of my old knickers and he can sort of <laughs> put them in a pot and Ooh. grow them and see what. Just make sure you throw an Elmo in there. Yeah, <laughs> with his arms. The ones you wore under those leather pants and oh, uh, the Dolomites. I became one with my leather pants. In the so, I did, wait, did you answer his question? Well, am I going to clone myself? <laughs> I would love to. I'd love the idea of a little me running around. But then the uniqueness that is Miss Emma would be somewhat lost. But I do mm. like the idea of some international Emmas. I like the idea of having a Russian Emma counterpart. Who's got like a color? through Siberia. Yeah, rides your carries Kalishnikov and kicks your ass. I like that. I really like that idea. All right, simmer down now. All right, then. I think we're. I think we're ready to start wrapping this up. Wow, what a crazy show, right? This was. This was the. I say the smorgasbord episode. You ain't seen nothing yet. You're going away. You know what? My favorite shows are the ones I'm not there because I so look forward to hearing what happened. And I kind of I, I understand for like a lot of the listeners, they like can't wait for the next show to, and they feel like they're in the room, but they're not there and they're a part of it. I kind of the same way, and it's I enjoy those shows a lot because it's a surprise the whole time, you know. You like this? One, we're gonna have cockfighting <laughs> right here in the studio. It's perfect. Everybody bring a chicken or a cock right. <laughs> to fight um, with. So <laughs> before I leave, big thanks to everyone who's going to be filling the void. Emma and John running the garage and the podcast. Yes, and, all the things. And uh, hey, keep those questions coming. You can send the tell me why. Uh, let us know if you're interested in either of our motorcycle trips. If you have any questions, you can send them to motorcyclesandmisfits at gmail.com. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm 
I'm I'm excited. I'm 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 out of here. I'm gonna go have an amazing trip. Well, have a great yeah. Be yeah good and, luck. Be safe. I'll try and send some fantastic trip updates. Eat some, eat some karachi chicken. Yeah, cha cha. Oh, go see Bring cha-cha your water for me. Cha cha. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone, but especially. Thank you to our listeners and our Patreon subscribers. Oh, for yes, those guys. Allowing me to do things like buy a motorcycle to donate. Like, how cool is that? That's, that's awesome. That is cool. It is cool. And we're not squandering your money. We're not buying frivolous things. Fighting we're, cocks. We're also, just so you know, some of the other women on the trip collected donated gear from women riders to take mm. over. And we have some more women who are buying toolkits. Mm. And we're going to teach them how to do maintenance on their bikes. Yeah, just basically awesome. we're taking the recycle garage to Pakistan. On the road. On Worldwide, the road. son. Yeah, I know. So I could not do that without the support of everyone on the show and who listens to the show, who allows me to go do these trips and do these things and live this to me like these are my dream trips. So thank you to everyone for that. Um, go to Motorcycles and Misfits at, no, MotorcyclesandMisfits.com. Buy a t-shirt. I sold another t-shirt this week. And check out our, our, our swag there. And um, yes, just send us a note. You guys got any last things? Are you good? Ready to wrap it up? I'm good. Jim, when he gets punchy, that's when he's like, I should have been out oh, of here. Oh, my ass is killing me. Like two hours long <laughs> So time. thank you, everyone. Let's get out of here. This is Life. Happy John. Ever Happy Labor Day, Naked Jim, son. Mm, bagel. And we are out of here. Cool, 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 cool. cool. Thanks, everyone. Cheers.